Good evening and welcome to another home win on the back of edition podcast where everyone's so cheerful we've even brought alcohol instead of bringing coffee, tea and water and instead of doing a post-mortem we are going to have a lovely talk about Queen's Park Rangers winning again at home, perhaps just miss the first half. Anyway, I'm joined by three people today who I just can't think of three better people to spend the evening with. First of all, my old mucker, my old friend, my old sidekick, the new David Bowie, ladies and gentlemen. I give you Chris Charles. <laughs> Hello. Oh. Paul. <laughs> I want to hear one of your songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be waiting a while, but yeah. Do you do that thing with the microphone where you twist it? And... Those who don't know, Chris has joined a band that he's a singer, but do you do that kind of microphone thing where you twist it and do all like kind of go crazy? No, I'm, I'm hoping to get a Julian Cope mic stand that I can actually... Oh, <laughs> well, shut your mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, that works. Ian McCullough... Do you see what I've just done there? Uh, Do you yeah. see, Ian, I know you... Did you get teased about this a lot when you were young, being named after Ian McCulloch? Not Ian McCulloch. until my teens, no. Really? Did you try and grow the same haircut and no. learn the accent? No? And get the sunglasses? Professional scouser, isn't he? He is. Very good, lad. Anyway... Ian McCulloch, journalist and friend of the pod, welcome back. Thank Always good to have you. Thank you, Finny. Uh, you make me look cheerful. Um, talking of which, hello, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Finny. Hey, and Steve says, fellow Indiar, fellow Mona, and happy to be so. We'd like a good whinge, don't we, Steve? Oh, we do. And we let's do. face it, we support the right club. <laughs> well, I'm going to start with you, Chris. Oh, by the way, we will be joined later on with Jimmy Mackey, and it's a brilliant interview because I've already done it, so I can safely <laughs> say that. And um, because he was limited for time, and um, yeah, please listen, it's worth it alone. Even if you skip our bit, listen to that. Right, Chris, thoughts on Saturday? What do you reckon? Yeah, uh, it was a game of two halves, wasn't it, really? Um, First half, what was that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think once again to get the, the negatives out of the way, I, I think I, I think it was, a, it was a decent enough. We created a few chances, but it's the same old story couldn't finish them. And, and, and Smith, you know, he, he should have had should have had at least two uh, before he got the goal. And that's not being, you know, I mean, sometimes strikers do go. You know, as, as uh, Holloway said, even Ruben Van Nistelrooy needed a few chances, but there was one header which it would looked easier to score than miss. Um, so, yeah, I, I, and then the red card was a bit weird because it seemed to galvanise their fans, galvanise them as well, uh, galvanise the players. Definite red lad. Uh, yeah, yeah no, I think having seen it, I, was, I, I couldn't really see it from, from, from where I was. But the referee was so niggly all game, you know, I wasn't surprised that he, I mean, he looked like he was ready to be. He was very dramatic with the red card, wasn't he? Yeah. I think he thought he was a mate team. I think he thought he was the star of the show, definitely. Mm, um, couldn't wait to get it out. Couldn't he? <laughs> he, honestly, he did that kind of walk that Mike Ding does, you know, that kind of like walk, yeah, and then brings it out and waits for three Brandish. seconds. And you kind of, anyway, sorry. But no, I mean, it wasn't, very patient it though, wasn't quite as many long balls as there have been recently, no, which, which, which was a plus. Um, and I'm sure we'll get on to talk about a bit more, but I think once Smith came on, uh, and easy as well, I mean, uh, yeah, I think we've got two really good young prospects there. And, I work with a guy who's um, a close family friend of Easy, and I just ask what he's like. And, and there's no airs and graces. He just lives for playing football, loves football, very modest sort of guy. 
Um, I think we've got. I think we've got a winner there. And Smith was just what we've been lacking all season is breaking at speed. You see these other teams that, that, that come at us, and we just seem to like ponder around a bit, look for somebody, no one's there, pass it back. Smith comes on and he's actually running. And Pavel did all right as well in the first half, to be fair. But he's just running directly at people, and that cross for the goal was absolutely sublime. The wee man done well. Yeah, Ian. Yeah, it makes the change to have a, a pretty routine win. Um, don't have many of them, especially this season. Um, yeah, it was a bit kind of... I never at any stage thought we wouldn't score, which is mm. um, it's just a matter of it will, it yeah. will happen soon. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It was yeah, just I kind do. of... Um, I mean, I spent most of the game running about Matt Smith and he set up a goal and scored a goal, so I can't... <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, he's honest. I, don't, I can't have him as a player. He's not a player. I really... I really I know Washington gets a lot of stick. I actually feel quite sorry for Washington. You try and watch the runs he makes, and he's got no idea where the ball's going to go. He's guessing. Because Smith, for all his height and that, he heads the ball. He doesn't win headers. So he he gets his head to it, and it might go left, it might go right, it might go forwards. And... Um, but when he does get it right, that was a magnificent header back for, for Lynch's goal. So yes, credit where yeah, credit, yeah. credit yeah. credit's Absolutely. due. He did, and he did the goal it was an excellent header as well. So... Um, that said, I was. I think it was the right decision to start him and not start easy. I know a lot of people think that as he should have started, but I, I do like just kind of blooding them in slowly. And they did stick him on the front of the program, though. <laughs> <laughs> which again, I spoke, spoke to this guy and he, I said, you know, because some players, I guess that would heap pressure on them. You know, Christ, I'm on the front of the program. I've got to justify my place, but he's, he reckons he would just take it in his stride and it'll actually motivate him even more. Yeah. Um, so it's a, so it's a plus thing. Um, yeah, sorry, carry on. <laughs> but um, I actually know someone who was quite senior at Wickham, and when they got him in on loan, Rangers actually said to them, like, look, let me kick the round, don't mollycoddle him, just kind of, you know, oh. don't make a special case of him. And they also had a kid in loan from Charlton. Um, I haven't really seen much of Ezzy play, but what I think Saturday was probably the longest I've seen him. Um, actually, he's very languid, isn't he? Very kind of relaxed and sort of, you know, lovely-looking footballer. And um, he uses his ability to, yeah, they were just a bit worried about him. And the first training session, the kid from Charlton was, you know, it's all over, so he chased after pigeons and carrier bags. And, mm-hmm. and they were sort of wondering, oh, this kid doesn't really fancy it, is he going to fancy And then he got the ball, beat five men, stuck it in the top hand corner, and everyone just went all. <laughs> oh, this. And that was his first training session at Wickham. And I think Gareth Ainsworth did a from reading the, the program on Saturday, he did a, a nice job with him and looked after him. And um, he would have learned a hell of a lot from that, that little three months he spent there. and um, but yeah, he looks a player, doesn't he? Also, Gaff didn't explain to him what QPR is all about as well, so mm. he can he can build him up for it, Steve. Yeah, I, I, my first thought about that game was what the hell was going on in the first half. Um, it was bizarre, wasn't it? It was. It was bizarre. We I had, thought we were playing Holchester Rovers, whatever they're called. We had, the, <laughs> the we, we had so much <laughs> possession, but we couldn't put any really any chances together. In fact, they Bolton had the best chance, and it was a fantastic save again by Smithies in front of the loft, which was, was he does that all the time though. He's become too routine for the poor fella. Yeah, exactly. Um, what a keeper though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I wonder what he'd be worth now. Let's not find out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. But anyway, um, yeah, and really the second half was dominated by the by the sending off. I mean, I wonder what would have happened if Do you they think if they played, kept. Really? kept I thought it was more a case that we actually decided to go down the flanks a bit more and mm. tried to be a bit more creative rather mm-hmm. than being one-dimensional. We kind of 
and they couldn't cope with that. Certainly when Smith came on, yeah, he put them on. But of course, we had, the, we had space to do that with the extra man, didn't we? But oh, when's that ever work for us? <laughs> yeah, it, to, normally, to be fair to to um, to Rangers, you know, we normally against ten men, we muck it up completely. We normally bring a defender on, but you know, seeing Joel Lynch run down like Messi down the flanks was a bit bizarre, I have to say. Um, but then. Uh, see, I, when we first came on the podcast, I got very excited about Smith, did I not? I said this wee man, mm-hmm. even though he played for the most ridiculous club in Northern Ireland that nobody likes, doesn't matter, we're over it. It's helped since I found out that his girlfriend's dad's a Glen Torn supporter, so I'm all right now. Um, <laughs> but everyone said he was a real talent, everyone said this kid is quite good. And he is actually a QPR fan as well, believe it or not. So I thought that was just press PR, but he's not, mm-hmm. he is a QPR fan. And the enthusiasm, you would see it from where you were better than I would, when he put that cross in and Smith met it, young Smith, absolutely electrified. Oh yeah, he was, He yeah. was so he was chuffed, fantastic. so happy. Yeah. And when, you know, I, you know, gone as a mercenaries that just stand there and stroke shoulders and, and high five each other if they walk on the pitch looking nice. I want players like young Smith, I want players like Izzy who can come in and give a shit and actually try. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to Saturday. Yeah, no, I just my my take on the game was um, it was it was better clearly better than the Barnsley game, which we also no. won. I mean that that has to be one of the the worst wins I've I've ever seen. But you know you have to be grateful for some more mercies and yeah, as you said, Ian, you know it's very routine. You know, two 0 victory. We can't really sniff at that. We'll take anything. It's another three towards safety and and we. You, you look at you look at those teams down the bottom now. We're we're, we're we're you know well we said that last shit last season didn't we? But no, unless no, we go on an, an, another Holloway esque run, but uh, no, no. Uh, no, I think we're I, I think we're pretty much safe, and I think it's all about steering the ship into the into the summer, and that's what that game is about. So so, so if we are safe, presume we are safe. Does Holloway does Holloway has Holloway earned the right to to be there again next season? Do you mean interesting? Earn 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 the right. <laughs> I think that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know he came from Cornwall. <laughs> <laughs> but what Did I mean is... Um, I thought it was Bristol. Sorry, Steve. What I mean, Steve, what I mean is, I mean, if you look at the message boards and various people who come on here and suggesting that maybe he should, you know, see it out till till the end of the season and then bring someone in, like, say, Ainsworth, for instance, who I believe just, just turned up... Well, he just he turned down an approach from Barnsley, I think, or so I read mm. um, in the last couple of weeks. But... If we stay up, and if we stay up quite comfortably, um, you can't really get rid of Holloway, can you? I don't know. It's interesting that Chris Ramsey's got the um, uh, the, re- the replacement job of Curtis Fleming. Um, and that feels like that's a temporary move. So it, it, is Holloway, if Holloway gets a permanent someone in that position, then I think that probably you know shows that he's more in the, more in it for the... For the longer term, I think it was quite telling that they've just kind of put a stopgap in there, or what feels like a stopgap mm. anyway, according to Dave Mack. Yeah, but since the defensive coach left, we've kept two clean sheets in three. So that wouldn't uh, be too. But much then, but then Tony Pulis has recruited Fleming, so he, he's obviously not a bad judge of a no. defensive coach. I think to be fair, it's, I'm kind of wondering is there is there a hope that someone like Jerry returns with a little bit of experience, no. a little bit of know how. No, we've gone past that stage. Sorry. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not saying. Not even as a coach. No, go on in. Not, not as coaches. Yeah, go on in. Why is that? Come on, there's got to be more up and coming coaches than yeah, Jerry Francis. I'm still saying we get a coach. We have Jerry Francis as a kind of a, a mentor for anyone who's coming in, no? No. Nah. Okay. Interesting. What? Why? 
I love Joey Francis. Oh, wait, not the second time. That was a complete disaster. Yeah, yeah but time. Jerry, Jerry's all about Jerry, isn't he? You know, Jerry told you how well he did, and it was Jerry's team that finished fifth. Nothing, <laughs> but they did. Those players that Don Hal bought with nothing to do with, you know, that was... Uh, mm. No, I just think Jerry, come on. There's got to be someone out there. I mean, the thing like, example I look at, the team I was most impressed by last year in going up was Huddersfield. Yeah. The way they played a sophisticated style of football, they poked, broke with pace, they moved the ball around well, they were excellent, I thought. And I'm not saying that we should be looking to try and get someone from Germany or whatever, but there's, there's young coaches out there that can, young English coaches, wherever they're from, but... You know, Jerry Francis, no, I don't know. I meant as a mentor, and then you still get... But Jerry Francis is not a defensive coach anyway, is he really? Well, I, I think he's a that defensive coach. He's, a, he's another member of the coaching staff, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean... Matter. It's I, not like American football where you've got... You know, no. It's just yeah, but Je- I mean, to be fair, in Jerry's defence, and I will defend him, you know, he has got the culture of QPR tattooed on his, his, his head, his heart, his soul. And uh, England captain at QPR, excellent player. Just uh, for a bit of stability, could oversee things a little bit. But then I suppose then you're putting Les's nose at a joint and everything else, and I think that's probably why that wouldn't happen. Thinking about it logically, we've already got a director of football, so maybe that wouldn't work. But young coaches... Terry France is the man that got rid of the academy, remember? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, but then again, Jerry was also the man that was forced out before he could finish the job because Rodney Marsh came in to do director of football, mm. which was ridiculous after we'd just... Played really well against Liverpool. Anyway, but um, yeah, well, what? So what do we do then? Do we go from someone within again, like someone like Bircham? Obviously, I'm saying this because Bircham's already there. Or do we see how rammed he does? Forget when he was manager, and then do we then restart the academy again? Because I'm presuming now that he's been moved up there, then we're going to be looking for a new academy head again. Honestly, I just think it's. Can you do just, two rules? I think it's just a temporary thing. Okay, I really do. It's just kind of they might have someone in mind, but he might be with another club the end of the season they might I don't know but it's 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 just a coaching I don't really see it as being a big deal to be honest no that's fair it is Chris yeah I, yeah, I mean it seems like a stopgap at the moment um, I do think I mean I love Bertrand but I do think he could probably maybe do with a helping hand sometimes um, I, I don't know the full extent of what goes on behind the scenes well, but Bertrand probably role is midfield yeah that's his mantar I suppose what I'd like to see I'd like to was defence yeah I just wanted to do layers work with the strikers. I presume he does. I don't know. We've got Gay Penrose there as a skirt as well. So, sorry, go on. No, I mean, what I'd really like to see is just uh, I'd get back to a style of play where we're putting it on the ground, not so much up in the air. As I think I mentioned on a previous podcast, um, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, it got to the stage where I sort of turned up out of like habit and actually wanted to go to the games because you spent half the time with your arms crossed. When Holloway came in, it was a bit of fresh air. We were play- a breath of fresh air. We were playing a bit better football. But in recent weeks and months, it seems to have sort of slumped back to that ball in the air, lump it up to Smith or whatever. So I, I quite, I'd, I'd like to see us, if possible, get to it. And, and with these new players coming in, I mean, maybe that's, that is going to happen where we, we, we play a decent level of football. I would think from the club's point of view, and I'm just playing devil's advocate, I can't spell it, but I can play it, um, is that, like players, you've got to keep them hungry. So I'm presuming the board want to see what Ian does at the end of the season mm. to earn the right... Because the thing in football is that things should be earned, let's be honest. Yeah. You know, Smith's... Um, now he's knocking the ball in a wee bit with his head. You can see that we weren't really supplying him with things. Like you said about Washington, he's run down the channels, but we're going the other way. We're going backwards, he's going forward. So it'll be interesting to see now the shackles are off us a little bit if we can get a bit more entertaining. Because I think the key is people want to be entertained more at Rangers. Whether we like it or we don't like it or whatever, people want to see better football. 
Like the second half of Saturday, a bit more of that and people will be pleased. But also, people going down the wing again, putting the ball mm. in. Joel Lynch has been quite good the last few games. He was really he good has, at Wolves. Yeah. He's really improved. He's up, he's up this game immensely. Him, um, Robinson, and New. I've, by the way, I have solved the Robinson problem for his contract. Oh, yeah. We're going to dress Chris up in a full kit, pretend he's nine, and ask for an autograph, and I'll have it underneath. <laughs> you reckon, Chris, are you up for this? Uh, uh, there's so much about that that's wrong, mate. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really know where to start with that. All well, I, all Charles I, is a nine-year-old. Yeah, I mean, that, that, yeah. Let's that, stop, stop it right there. You look so young, though, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you don't think it's a winner, then? No. Well, no. Um, but but just very Damn quickly blast. before we go to the interview, um, I, I just think I mean there was twelve thousand odd at the game mm. on Saturday. We need to do something to improve attendance. The best way to do that is by playing attractive, free-flowing football and moving up the table. Um, and be sensible with your walk-up prices right we're going to um, come back to season tickets in a minute and, but first of all the interview's already been done I'm not going to lie it's brilliant listen, enjoy and give us your feedback but I'm hopefully you like it here comes Jimmy Mackey right tonight we're joined by the legendary Jimmy Mackey alright Jimmy how's it going? I'm good, thank you, Glaz. It's nice to speak to you. I'm I'm, I'm doing my rehab, so uh, trying to get fit again, which is is actually tougher than when you are fit. So um, working hard at the moment. So why is it tougher then? Because it's towards think, the end of the season and stuff as well. Nah, it's not. It's not necessarily that. It's because when you once you pass pre-season, you kind of get to the round of Christmas mark. You're actually pretty fit, and you can't really get much fit. You know when you're playing, so training becomes about uh, keeping fresh and making sure you're sharp for the games rather than sort of like fitness, fitness element, elements of it. But where I, where I got injured, I obviously dropped off in terms of fitness. Um, so it, it, in the gym, you've obviously got to get all that back. So it's almost like having pre-season again. So it's obviously very hard work compared to, to training at this stage. But um, you've got to do it to get back out there because obviously... There's not many games left. I want to do well in the last few games of the season and um, I'll stay fit through the summer because of the timing of this injury and um, look forward to next year. Yeah, you've been out a while, haven't you, mate? I think beginning of December. I mean, obviously it's frustrating for you. But what, what do you do to, to, to fill the time? I know you're doing your rehab and stuff like that, but um, it must be quite lonely when everyone else is in training and stuff. Yeah, to be honest with you, it, it's... Um, you, you hear quite a lot of players go, no, it's fine, um, I've got loads to do, I've, you know, I'm concentrating on getting fit. But I'll, I'll be brutally honest with you, it, it's been really hard. Um, you, you, you're on, Obviously, I've got a family and I've got children, so um, I, I'm around them, but I'm not really myself because I'm not playing football and I'm not getting that kind of release of, uh, of energy, which me in particular, um, being how I am, I need to get out and... Um, doing my training every day which I love but obviously you miss that so it's been really hard mentally this injury um, but I'm getting through it now and um, starting to train um, quite soon I think I'll be out of the gym which is promising for me Yeah, I, I, what's your views on the youngsters coming through the likes of, of Easy uh, and Smith are uh, you worried you might not get your place back? Nah, not at all you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm probably their biggest fan I'll be honest with you I absolutely love that they're coming through I think their energy and their enthusiasm around the squad is is something that I love. I really, really like to see that. And um, to see come, players come through at Tube Guy is amazing for everyone involved. And when you're a, a more senior player like myself, and um, 
I'm older now in the change room, but I like to have those players around me because that's how I play with a lot of energy and enthusiasm. And to have them around me as well is just, um, you know, great for me. It, keep, it keeps you on your toes as well. And like you say, they're, they're trying to play. Um, they don't care that I'm a senior player. I've played a lot of games. They want to they take the shirt and play. So it gives you that edge. And um, I've got to do more and more every year um, in terms of training harder, my lifestyle, doing everything right to make sure I keep up with them. Um, physically because like you say they're there to try and play and I'm still here to play but my role is different as well saying that um, I enjoy trying to help them and you know I get asked asked a lot of questions and um, I don't know if I give them the right answers back or not but I try and um, I'm really liking um, trying to take on a bit of a mentoring role for them as well and um, if that can help them for QPR and, and other clubs as they go forward, I, I hope that's going to be a little bit of an influence to them. Yeah, I was going to say, it must be good for them too to have to have someone like you around to look up to, someone who's been and been there, done it all. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I like to think that I'm approachable and um, those lads know it particularly, the two that you mentioned that I'm close with and um, I hope that they can, they can bounce things off me and I hope they go on to have... Um, even better careers than than I've had and I'd love to be able to watch them when I finish uh, doing well. I think the pair of them that you mentioned have got great ability, very different players. Um, but Abire, I love watching him play. He's got amazing ability and um, uh, Young Smith, he's come on the scene and I love his energy and the way he plays. I just hope that no one takes that away from him. He just kind of adds to that enthusiasm and uh, that's what's going to give him a good career in my opinion. Hi, Jamie. It's uh, Ian here. Um, mate, obviously, Hi. you've been pretty unfortunate with injuries um, over the last sort of, two or three years and spent a fair yeah. bit of time in the gym. But uh, Jack Robinson is probably someone you've spent a long time with but not on the field. You must be really pleased with the, you know, the way he's kind of bounced back from horrendous sort of two and a half years this season. Yeah, like you said, I've um, been really unfortunate. I've, I've not changed anything in my lifestyle or the way I live. I kind of live my life of football. I love it. So I've been unfortunate. But one thing I'd say I'm kind of lucky about is that I became really close to Robbo in his unfortunate period. And um, we became very close. And um, I'm, I'm, again, a massive, massive fan of his. And I think that um, he's going to go on um, through, through adversity early on in his career. Hopefully that's all in the past now and he can go and have the career I think he deserves. Because I'll, I'll be totally honest with you, I think he's a Premier League player, in my opinion, um, if that counts for anything. But um, I think he's a very, very good footballer. And I think the better players he plays with, I think um, he'll only look even better. So um, let's hope we can keep hold of him because I'd love to be able to play with him um, for longer because he's a fantastic player. But I really think he's a Premier League player and I'd love it if he got his... Um, opportunity to show showcase his talent in the Premier League stuff. I really think he deserves it. Hi, Jamie. It's Steve here. Um, my, my question is is about the future. Um, you've, you've obviously said football's your life and you're really enthusiastic yeah. about it. What, hopefully retirement won't come along for you for, for a number of years yet, but when it finally does, what do, you, what do you see yourself doing? Do you see yourself coaching or do you see yourself man, managing? Because... You, you talked about your energy and enthusiasm, and that's one thing I've always like loved about watching you. And I think you could like bring you could you could you could bring that you know, in spades to to any team that you that, that you manage or coach for. So, where do where do you see that going? Yeah, that's very kind of you to say. I mean, um, yeah, I hope that um, I get asked that question a lot. Funny enough, because I've been injured so much. So, um, 
yeah, it's something I 100% I've been thinking about. Obviously, it's probably not too far around the corner. I hope to play a QPR, hopefully, and, and definitely this level because this is a level I've kind of been at the majority of my um, time. So as long as I can play at this level, then um, I'll carry on still playing football and hopefully I can maintain my levels. But um, I'd absolutely love to be a coach or a manager and um, be around the boys, um, you know, pass on what I do know. And obviously I'd have to learn a lot about that side of things. So I know it's very, very different to playing, but I'd be, I'd be very open to learning and I'd be like a sponge learning about what you have to do to become a manager or a coach. And I've also got um, very, very strong ideas and beliefs about what I would want from people who are playing for me or, or I was coaching. So I'd hope that um, I'd have the opportunity to, to show people what, what I can pass on to people. So it's definitely something that I've had in my mind and I've already done my UA for B licence. So um, uh, I'll, I'll hopefully go on to do my A licence and then, and then I'm ready to go if, if one day it does finish or I know when, when it does finish. Mate, the thing is, Jimmy, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. If you're going to go into management... You do realise you have to go down and get yourself a decent hat. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know is, is, yeah. does anyone dare to take the mickey out of Ian's piggy... I know he said piggy yeah. binded, but that would be completely wrong. Piggy blinders type hat. Yeah. He, um, yeah, he's... Um... He hasn't got much hair, the boss, has he? So I, I know that, Frieden. Maybe... Yeah, I uh, do, yeah. He... Um... He's wearing that at the moment, but it's proven um, okay at the moment. So maybe he's going to keep it on. But I'll, I'll like again. I'll take um, little parts from all, all the managers that I've played under, um, whether it be a hat or or some tactics or or inspiration from them, and uh, add my own twist to it if, if I'm lucky enough to get the opportunity to manage. Do you know what, Jimmy? I would love to see you. Um, just manage to stay in the uh, the little zone. A manager or a coach has to. I, I I would put money in the first game. In the first thirty seconds, you'd be halfway down the corner flag. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I'd be. Um, I'd really struggle to play the game. I'd be playing the game on the sideline, definitely. So um, I'd have to learn to calm myself down a little bit. I think. So I think the best managers, um, to be honest, are the ones that can stay as even killed as possible through through the highs and lows of naturally which is a football season and within the ninety minutes of the game. If you can stay stay uh, calm and um, level headed, I think they make better decisions and tactically better substitutions and uh, and shape changes within the game. So um, and then obviously on a day to day basis you don't show people your emotions too much um if you win and lose. You it's a long season so um, yeah, so I know I'd love I'd love the opportunity to do it one day and see see where it goes. But I do feel that I've got plenty of time still to play at this level because I really believe in myself still and I, and I know I'm fit. I've just been really unlucky with with these injuries I've picked up. But do you know what I'm thinking, Jamie? I'm thinking you yeah. could go down the Mark Hughes School of Management and have your personality removed. And... <laughs> no, 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 no. I told you I've learned I've learned. For all the managers I've played under, I've learned of each and every one of them. Not all the good things I have to say, <laughs> some of the bad things. A lot, actually, a lot of the bad things um, that I wouldn't do. And um, I find it very strange that people can have a, 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 such an illustrious playing career and then kind of lose that connection between the lads, which would gain you a massive amount of respect and longevity within the change of them. And I've seen a lot of 
top players turn into managers and and a lot of my friends have turned into coaches have changed and um, it's not healthy I don't think um, you, you mentioned the, the hat or Finney mentioned the hat uh, Neil Warnock obviously had his lucky shorts as well which uh, seemed to serve as well um, I, I mean apart from Ian Holloway but I'm beyond fair boxer to bring boxer shorts it's okay mate boxer shorts not shorts were they? yeah I think it, I think the gaffer had a few lucky a, lo- a few lucky jobs they and stinky ones when they were hit yeah they were <laughs> <laughs> well to be fair, we won every week under him, so they must have been. Yeah, well, I mean, sort of going on from that, I mean, I, I won't include Ian Holloway in this because that would be unfair, but of all, I, I reckon you must have played at least half a dozen different managers in your t- two different spells. Who was the most fun to work with? Um, Neil Warnock, for sure. Yeah. Um, not, obviously, obviously, I can't quote, I can't quote the current manager because he's my current manager. So, that's what I mean, but, yeah. I'm, I'm, but saying that, um, Ollie is, is good fun to work for, you know, like you see what he's like. He, he's like that every day um, behind the scenes anyway. So he is entertaining to work for. But uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we got great success, or I did with Neil Warnock. And, um, but it, it helps because they're winning every, every week or most weeks, I guess. But um, it, it's entertaining and it's exciting playing for him. And you want to come into training every day and work hard for him. He's just got that knack of, of making you feel probably, well, you've got the knack of making you feel better than what you probably are on paper and you can go on to achieve great things um, with his man management. The best, his man management is the best I've seen in football for what I've seen. Um, is is very, very good and um, if I could one day take a little bit into, if, if I was a coach manager, I think it would go a long way. Well, I mean, he, he was also the only manager that seems to have tamed Adele as well, got the best out of him in that season. Uh he, I mean, he. Uh, I think you know he's he's played like you know twenty times in the last four seasons or something ridiculous. So it's a bit of a waste of talent there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that um, Adele's easily the best player I've played with, and I think it's probably by a country mile as well. Like no one even can even come close, even come close to anything that um, Adele was like. Phenomenal player, um, and a shame, yeah, just. Um, you know, everyone says it about talent, uh, but it, it, to 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 have longevity, you know, the top top players have obviously got the blend of both, you know, talent and an unbelievable work ethic, and that that's what create a top player. And Adele for sure had the talent of a top top player. There's no, there's, there's no one can argue that he was amazing this season. He got promoted, but then obviously um, maybe his, his work ethic. Um, around maybe didn't support that talent and obviously that showed and what showed since but Neil Warnock's man management of him I mean I was only 24, 25 that season and I couldn't always see the bigger picture but um, so I'd get very angry with him in certain games and away from home if he wasn't trying as much but the, the more senior players at the time the Sean Derry's, Clint Hills Paddy Kelly's, Bradley Orr's you know the list goes on that season would, would see the bigger picture in the change room and they'd police it themselves and he was very clever with his recruitment of players of of who I've mentioned who he knew could police the change room and that's so so big in this division because then you can maybe carry a kind of mercurial talent like a Delta Rapton and that let's be honest he was the difference between us getting promoted or not and um, we all know that who played but I mean he gave me the opportunity to play in the Premier League and uh, I went on and did very well but uh, without him I probably wouldn't get brought to the Premier League so 
amazing opportunity he gave he he was probably the difference and that was down to uh, Neil Warnock's man management I believe yeah I'm getting the hurry out here so just very quickly I just wanted to ask can you um... sorry that's me mate I, I talk so much mate. <laughs> no 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 it's because I'm asking too many questions not giving anyone else a chance but I just very quickly wanted just to just talk us through the iconic goal against Liverpool uh, and just ha- how you saw it and you, the, the, the range of emotions I know you've been asked a hundred times that were going through your head at that stage no, I love talking about it. I don't talk about it enough. It's amazing. You know, football, footballs give you some memories and that's one you've got to hold on to. That's an unbelievable night. I just think, you know, we came on, um, we got back into the game. I just remember on the night being on the bench in the first half and thinking, oh, wow, these are the best. They were the best sides that I'd seen at Loftus Road ever. They were so good on the night. Um, unbelievable passing it and it was one of those you know those beautiful nights down down at Loftus Road mm. where the pitch is beautiful and just get that little glisten off the off the floodlights because there's a bit of uh, surface water and it passed the ball and it played into their hands unfortunately we got the run around in the first half but then yeah came on and then um, Enrique I think missed the head and I threw on goal and everyone said it was a really good finish but I didn't really have when it comes like that you don't have that much time to think about it luckily and um Otherwise, I probably would have missed, but um, it, it, it landed nice and it went through. And then um, I got told off for my celebration because I wasn't happy about being on the bench. And if you remember, I turned around with my arms out, kind of saying, um, why aren't I playing? Which I look back and think I kind of made regret because that's not really me. But then uh, I look back and think I was, I was quite happy with how kind of fiery and I, I was and I still am. So... Uh, I still think he should have played me from the start, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm glad he came on and uh, managed to get that goal. But yeah, amazing memories, unbelievable season, and something that will live live with me forever, and, that, and that's enough for me. Jamie, just a quick one about your own future, right. mate. Obviously, it's not a perfect time to be injured when your contract's up at the end of the year. Yeah, uh, is there any been any kind of dialogue between you and the the kind of club about extending your time here, or does that on hold until sort of later in the in the season? Yeah, I think um, I don't think um, players in the club and um, the powers that be kind of who deal with those situations have spoken to to anyone yet. I think it's a question of um, making sure we're right in the league, um, getting to a position where we can look forward to next season and see how we can build. And then um, you know it goes without saying I'd absolutely love to stay. I still think I can I can bring a hell of a lot to the table in terms of playing and. Um, uh, other roles within within the change room as as a senior pro should be, but yeah, I haven't I haven't actually spoke about like you say the time of being injured uh, wasn't great, but I was playing in the team pretty much every week before I get injured, so um, I, I, I'm going to get fit um, before the end of the season, and, and hopefully then uh, when I'm back out there we sit down and we tie it up and get it sorted for next season, um, and hopefully it's as simple as that. And um, when you get to my age, you're kind of used to being on. Uh, potentially shorter deals um, and it's something that, that you've got to live with but also I'm very confident in my ability and um, hopefully it gets sorted out. Jamie, um, I, I just wanted to um, uh, go back to a, like a quick memory of six years ago. Um, we played yeah. a game at Ewood Park. Now, I know we, Ewood Park wasn't always a happy hunting ground for you but um, we're six, almost six years to the day uh, we lost there 3-2 but I remember you came on I think it was at half time and you scored two goals and to be honest yeah. you, you nearly got us a point single-handedly as far as, you know, as far as I can remember it was an absolutely fantastic performance just when you, when you look back on games like that do you, you know, do you have a like is it always the team performance that you think oh you know god we lost that one 
or do you think oh, actually I think I did really rather well and even though the, te- the team maybe didn't perform you know I was quite pleased with how I did that day yeah do you have any memories think, of it yeah I, I know exactly what you mean and um, like I say um, I actually broke my leg obviously at um, Blackburn a year before so for me it was definitely kind of one being put to bed as it were mm-hmm. um, just at that particular ground um, so mm-hmm. I think to be honest with you, first and foremost, when you're on the bench, your job is to try and come on and make an impact, whether that's you're winning the game and you're asked to come and see the game out and be professional or, or come on and try and make an impact if you're drawing or, or, or try and claw something back. And I just remember coming back and trying to claw the game back and it worked out that we nearly did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I came away from the game gutted, to be honest, because we lost the game and that's first and foremost what you think. And then secondly you think, well, can I look myself in the mirror? Have I done everything I could have done to help the team and the club and the boys? And I looked in it that night and thought, yeah, I've done everything I could have done. Um, so now it's down to the gaffer to, to work out what went wrong. And mm-hmm. I think that's your kind of, or mine at least, my thought process, team first, and then how have I done and what could I have done to affect the team? And that's how it should be if you want to get a successful team. Well, I've got to say, that, that performance is one of the best that I remember you making, even though we lost that day. And, you know, obviously the Liverpool game at home is a, you know, is another one. But so. I would say Derby away has got to be up there as well. Uh-huh. Would you would you agree with Derby away one, Jeremy? Um, yeah, Derby away. Uh, was, was that the 4-2? 2-2. Um, oh, 2-2. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 2-2, okay. yeah. Um, I, I say that because we weren't in the game whatsoever we were terrible on the day and we were unbeaten for that point and we were just about to get a massive roasting off the gaffer <laughs> um, which which he, he ain't short on a few of them anyway so um, but we were doing really well in the season and then um, out of nowhere um, Adji scored Pat Adji man and then I scored and it was just I think it was more than the result it was we all looked at each other and no one said anything but you knew after that we could have a right bash this season, and and um, and we did. It kind of brings the hairs on the back of my uh, uh, neck stand up because the team we had that was amazing and uh, oh, amazing year. Can't can't get enough of those memories. Before we let you go, I've got to be honest with you. You saying that people at the game turned round as a as a man and woman and child and looked at each other and went, "There's something special going on here. This this this, yeah. this could be." That was a game. I say we knew. That we 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 were going for something, but the other thing is, did, I often worry about you, Jimmy, with the, the game being so short in the career. Did you get a cut in that um, clip at Man City away when you scored when they won the league? Because it, <laughs> it must have been shown about nine million times on Sky. So I hopefully your agent got you a decent deal on that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I got a new deal, and I stayed at QPR in the Premier League. I think that was. Enough for me, and I certainly had a good summer, that's for sure. I'll tell you what, you, you must have been recognised in every bloody country in the world, man. Well, yeah, I, that was <laughs> that was a mental game, wasn't it? Uh, I, that's all I can describe it as. I don't know if that's um, great for you, lot, but it was mental. That's all oh. I can describe oh. it. Um, we had a bit of a blast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, well, what a game. Crazy, crazy scene. Uh, no one could have predicted it. And um, Yeah. I wish, to be honest, to this day, I wish obviously we'd got got a draw and and um, we were the ones who kind of ruined the party. To be honest, but um, yeah, crazy. You just hear that Aguero. Yeah, you just hear that the whole time, don't you? You don't hear Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to be honest with you, Jimmy, if we had done, I'm used to it, mate. <laughs> we, 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 we'd have got absolutely slaughtered on the way out if you had. If it's so, I, I kind of. But before we let you go. 
Um, we're not obviously saying this is your last time on the podcast because we'll have you in loads of times and hopefully we'll get you on a live one soon yeah, as well. Definitely. But um, what memories will you take away from QPR that will always hold it beat in your heart that says that's the club I played for, that's where I enjoyed my football the most? Yeah, well, that that's a given for sure. I mean, what you said there, but um, I, I'm, I feel that I'm very, very lucky um, as a player and to play for this club and have the memories that I've got for this club. It's very hard to say one. I think the year uh, we got into the Premier League, probably the biggest thing as a whole, the squad, the group of men that we had, the manager, uh, the feeling around the club after what had happened to the club in the last, which I obviously wasn't part of, but reading and knowing about the club's history in the in the previous four or five years before that was kind of a shambolic period for the club. And to, to be part of the team that finally got the club back to where should be and get it on an even kill then uh, was amazing for me to just to be part of that um, is what I'm going to take away and obviously playing in that shirt in the Premier League was my boyhood dream playing in the Premier League um, and I managed to end up being successful and having a couple of seasons which you know is the pinnacle of my career so yeah that's what I take away and hopefully like I always say I can create more memories of QPR because I know there's always something special around the corner for this football club and no one can quite pinpoint or how or why, but it's a mad, it's a mad place and it, and it really could. Do you know what, Jimmy? You've been brilliant on the podcast tonight and um, do you know what? That team you're in at the Wenock Wonder Warnock, we dared to dream and we had a blast and um, you guys will never, ever be rewarded enough for the, that season and, and what you've done for us as a football club. We had a blast. Thank you. Good. That's, that's big for us, yeah. And um, hopefully we'll see you soon, big man. And thank you so much for giving us yeah. so much of your time in the podcast. I really, really, nah, really no do appreciate way. it. And when you do get back, um, can you tell the lads, can just win at Craven College again? Just shove it up. Them. They're oh. on a bit of a... Make <laughs> sure need, they're up for it. A... I need, before I finish fans with QPR, I need a win against that mob. That sure. <laughs> I've, had bad, I've had some long nights chasing shadows against them. We owe them one bad. So, um, yeah. I look forward to that game. You're a good man. Hopefully see you soon, Jimmy. Thanks a million. Thank you, Jamie. I know where he's mate. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye. Right, lads, you got to admit, he's a very humble... I always get the feeling, Chris, you know, he's been on a few times with Jimmy. He's kind of... Still can't believe he's a footballer. Do you ever get that impression? Yeah. Did you get that when you talked to him? It's kind of like... I can't believe I've played in the Premier League. I can't. It's really nice what you said about Adele. You know, without Adele, I wouldn't have been able. However frustrating Adele obviously was, and he must have been. Let's face it, because we could see it week in, week out. But what a talent! But you know, it's interesting that you know a lot of people slag off Adele. He just went without him, I wouldn't have been in the Premier League. That's a great quote. I like that. Yeah. I mean, because and it's interesting as well. This is what I want to talk to you about, Ian, because you're 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 the sensible one on tonight. Oh, thanks. Sheesh. <laughs> Why is it that Warnock doesn't get the credit he deserves for taking a team that was sleepwalking into um, League One, I think it was then, um, to a team the next season that was champions? Why do, why do you reckon the QPR fan base is, is kind of split on that one and people slag him off? And other oh, I think he's still revered. I think you know, I, I wasn't actually in the, living in the country that full season when we went up, but I came oh, That was a great league by me, wasn't it? Yeah, but I came back for like the end of it, and it's the, first, it's the only time I've seen. QPR will win anything in my lifetime. It really is. So I think we've all owe you know a tremendous amount of gratitude to him for that. Um, you know, however, I, I I find it sometimes strange that he's he's held in this amazing high esteem and not some 
and Redknapp who achieved a similar thing isn't. Yeah, different times. And it's different sort of times, and it's just kind of almost how the club changed from being where it was in 2009, kind of 10, it. and then Yeah, I was going to say, Red, Redknapp kind of did it by, not by default, but if you know the, with the money that was spent on the on, yeah, on the wages, I'll always really say that, that, that his signings were f- a lot better than Warnock's at that level. Like, every signing that, well, pretty much every sign that Red that made, we, we made but money back on. Or, or, but players devil love to get. I like doing this a bit of your anchor in your shield, but you play devil. But everyone, but can I just finish what I'm saying? Sorry, but it's kind of the thing with Warnock. He, he, God. Everyone overlooks that he bought Sean Wright Phillips. He bought Luke Young. He signed Joey Barton. Ah, signed... but did he sign Joey Barton? Looks well, like... Phil Beard apparently was well, the one that was. Yeah, but it goes when a manager, when a player comes off, the manager signs him. When a player doesn't come off, oh, he wasn't my. So no, well, the so fact you know that... what I mean. So I kind of understand why he doesn't perhaps get the credit he deserves. I mean, look what he's doing at Cardiff. He's an excellent manager at this level of football. But then he again, gets things done. But we were the highest ranked in the Premier League when he was sacked, and we have been since I returned to Premier League. We'd won more games under him in the Premier League than we won. Even after a second in the Premier League, yeah, that's fair. But you, 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 can, we, but you can also look at who we played in that first half of the Premier League. Yeah, I mean the thing about going back to Barton, what the, what the stories I had whether they're true or not. I mean, Barton ref- hit it, Warnock refused to train for him and ran around by himself at the training ground. Is what the rumours that were going around at the time true or not? I don't know. I wasn't there, but I got the feeling that it was more a board decision to sign the likes of even later on when Park came to the club as a kind of a, a marquee signing. Rather, because there's no way that Warnock, with his knowledge, in my opinion, would have signed Joey Barton because that just is too confrontational mm. for someone like him. I just can't see it. Well, you heard Mackie say he had his policeman in the dressing room already at Clint Hill, Sean Derry, Paddy Kenny. There's no way you control Barton. No way. As we've seen against Man City, Steve. Not that I'm saying you're wrong, by the way. I'm just yeah. different opinion. Sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> It was, why do you think Warnock is not given uh, the credit? I think some would say also, well, Warnock is a, a divisive figure, isn't he? He's got, you know, the, he's got a bit of baggage. If you believe the rumours, you know, he, he's maybe, you know, done, done the old dodgy deal in the past. You but, don't say. But, but on the other hand, you know, he came in and, and, and weaved his magic for, for, for a season. And, and what uh, a season. And what a season it was. And, and, and the thing is, is that I... I think, in hindsight, I, I really do think he was sacked too soon. Definitely, and, you know, and and I don't know. I, we've we've never been as high as that again since uh, anywhere near as high as that. You know, after we got that win at Everton, and you were actually starting to believe that we might be starting to put something together. And okay, we had a bit of a poor run, and you know, we had, there was the FA Cup game at MK Dons, wasn't there? Um, and the wheels maybe were coming off, but that's the time when you know we should have we should have held on. Um, and giving giving the guy a chance, and you you know just look at what he's doing at Cardiff. He, you know he's done it. He's done it so many times. But I think yeah, there is a bit of a there is a bit of a marmite thing about Warner, kind of, and I think that's why some people don't give him, mm. you know, don't give him he's the credit. Not the Premier League, though, is he? He's been the Premier no, League. Palace, that's a fair point. Well, some would say this season the Sheffield United got relegated. It was because of the whole West Ham debacle. Yeah, Warner, it's someone else's fault, wasn't it? It was West Ham's well, fault. Which is the fair, it's the referee's fault. Which is a fair point. It's the referee's fault. It's, it's Tim. Well, that, that, that is actually a fair point. But at the same time, how many managers have won leagues of QPR? Let's work this out. Hmm. Not, many. Not many. It must be about five, from my reckoning. 
Oh, if you include in Division Three South and all the rest of it, yeah, yeah. there can't be that many, and, and he's he's certainly up there. But yeah, maybe Marmite is a very good analogy. What do you I think? think Chris? Well, I think he's he's the sort of manager you hate him when he's the manager of another club, mm, but yeah. when he manages you, you you, you love him. Um, I think definitely he was sacked too soon. I, I, I think what I can gather it was basically I wasn't at the game, but a group of fa- away a group of fans at MK Dons were a bit uh, naffed off with him and started chanting for him to be sacked. Uncle Tony, That's as, he's not done, like us. as he's done in the past, listened to the fans, off he went. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't remember what position we were in at the time. I think seventeenth. Well, we weren't in the relegation zone, no, were we? Weren't, no, no. Um, maybe sixteenth, seventeenth. I don't know. I like think say, we were fourteenth. Just lost at Norwich, didn't we? I think that, we were fourteenth. Was it that far up? Okay, yeah. Um, um, but you know. What can you do? I mean, hindsight is a very great thing, but, you know, he's gone, he's managing someone else, he's doing well with them, that which sticks in the craw a little bit. But Especially them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it is what it At is. At least we he had... filled the leads. Yeah. <laughs> that was nice. Kind of evened it a wee bit. But going back to it, I think with, with the club being what it was at the time, with, the, with Warnock as well, the takeover was late in the summer. The money came in very late because Priatori and Eccleston held out for as long as they could, for as much as they could. And as quickly as they could go out the door, they were gone. And then he's left. And to me, Tony's a great human being, as in you can't knock his enthusiasm. But some of his business decisions have been incredibly naive. Mm. And I think that when he came in, he had the whole of every agent in the country realised that we were up there for the, the, the taking. And he was severely spanked by agents. Do you think opinion. that Warnock should maybe have stuck more with the players that come up? I think there's a case that Warnock could have helped Fernandes more than Fernandes may have realised um, because I'm not saying that if if, if, if I, I was a chairman I would want the best person in the business at doing deals I would rather have just, someone who knew what they were doing just think though I mean after after Warnock was sacked how many times that nucleus of players came back to basically get us out of the out of the shit mm-hmm. You know the the the, the Mackies, the 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 Derrys, the the Clint Hills, time and time and time again. All right, I know you know we we you know we we stayed up the first season with Hughes and we went down the next one, but we they they were around for a long time, and in Mackie's case, still you know still is around. Mm. Um, and I think that is sort of the, the the legacy of Warnock is it's kind of a you know like a seed that was planted and is is just starting to die sadly because of you know players moving on, but. I'd, yeah, I mean, Warnock should have been given more time. I think I think he would have kept this up, and that's a bold statement, I know. But well, anyway, well, I mean, we stayed up anyway, didn't we? But that first season, but we did, but we didn't build on it. Right, we're running out of time, and our engineer is getting a wee bit twitchy. He's a lovely. He's got a lovely. He's got a Holloway type hat on as well. I think we should tweet that. No, 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 we can't. <laughs> we, we, we won't. The lad would like it. Right, Warnock. I think that was a good debate. And I think the ju- I think the expression is the jury will always be on his legacy at QPR, but it's just. Do you know what I hear? Well, I'm going to go back to this actually before we go on to something else. Is we spent all that money and we didn't have a legacy. Now we can hammer Fernandez all we want. I don't think he's a bad chairman. I don't think he's a bad human being. I've said this many times. Steve wants to come in for some strange reason. I can't think why, but um, naivety. But I just wish he'd stay off Twitter. Do you know what I mean? Because I saw him on Saturday and he was kind of debating with fans again and it's kind of like the best way to keep fans happy is by just being in the background a bit more. Don't throw yourself on Twitter. Don't throw yourself in the arguments and let the right people take the club forward and listen. 
The key is listening. Jim and Gregory was probably the best chairman we ever had. Left under a cloud, but the best chairman we ever had because he knew exactly what he wanted to do. I still think Tony came in, was naive. He had a, a vision, a dream. 40,000 stadiums, this, that and the other. It's never going to happen. We're not, we're not big enough. 25, 27 should be a QPR limit. But anyway, but £300 million, and what have we got for it? Well, it was more than that. It was more like £500 billion because there was a 240 that wrote off, and then there is another... It depends how you look at the numbers, but another 250 from from TV money that mm. was just squandered. And it's just scary to that. But look at the end of the day, it's been well-acknowledged, mistakes were made, etc. I mean, look at Sunderland, look Lessons at Hull. Learned. Lessons learned. You know, sometimes you look at it and go, well, there for the grace of God, go, I, we, mm. we're still there, we're still... We've stabilised. We have. Mm, I don't get anyone says, and you know things could have been a lot worse. We could have been, you know, we're Blackburn are now. We could be where Bolton are. So, you know, for all the abuse that Fernandez gets, and some of it is deserved, but most of it isn't. I mean, some of the the petition's a bit ridiculous. It's to ridiculous. Get rid of it's like, petition. what's the plan if he goes? Yeah, but like, you know, well, and the, tw- the tweeting, the tweeting him and tweeting club staff and players and you know, effing, effing and jeffing and you know, some of the really nasty stuff. I, I just don't see the point. Yeah, most of these people I mean, don't even go to the games. No, I mean, I, you know, I've got I've got strong opinions, and a lot of people know what they are. But I don't feel the need to tweet Tony and give him give, give him give him jip. I just I just don't think he should. Right. The only thing is, I will say is, and we'll do this quickly before we go into the match tomorrow night. Do we end this season and then start next season with a complete new sweep, sweep, new slate, new everything? Do we start from year zero? I yeah. think. Every season, you have to your your target should be each season to finish above where you finished the season before. Okay, that's it's small steps of progress, but it's progress. We finished. What did we finish last year? Seventeenth. Yeah, I was too busy in the toilet worrying. You know, but if we can finish fourteenth this year, mm. it's progress. Yeah, we're going to lose some players in the summer. Robinson's out of contract. Anua's out of contract. There's two, three others that off the top of my head I can't remember. But so there's going to be new faces coming in. For all talk about Holloway leaving, he's still got another year left on his contract. Mm. So, but it's one of them rolling ones. I never quite understand how that works. But as it stands at the moment, he's probably going to be back. We should still be a championship club there. Um, but I don't want him to be tinkering again. Don't tinker. Just get as many points on the board as you can. Let's try and finish top half again. Play some good football. Yeah, get the ball down. Let's knock it around. You know, and let's not enthusiasm. Have... Hmm. No more six game defeats. <laughs> I quite like. David Fraser's idea of um, sorry, you're making make you laugh um, of it being actually a good time for Ainsworth if okay. that was a way that we wanted to go I, I sort of get a feeling he's you know getting his teeth he's got his teeth into to Wickham he's going to take them up probably I think I think now's the time to take a gamble I really do okay interesting yeah I I, I, mean, I wouldn't be averse to that um, but I, I just I just can't see it happening because um, why would you get rid of a man that's, you know, assuming we do, as Ian said, finish higher than we did last season, um, and he's kept us up, which presumably is the brief, given the financial dire straits we're in. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. But then the, the danger is that someone like Ainsworth, who has done a good job, could quite easily... I mean, I, 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 sort of what I can gather, I don't think he's in a rush to sign a new Wickham deal, so he's probably got his sights set somewhere else. Um, mm, be interesting, that one. Right, tomorrow night... Yeah, I know this season's kind of running down and it's kind of weaved over for us and it's another away game, but we have to talk about it quite rightly. 
Ian, what's your thoughts on Sheffield United? They're on a bit of a downward spiral, kind of stagnatic. I don't think the season's over. I mean, this time last year we beat Birmingham 4 1, and the world was great, and the sky was blue, and the sun was out, mm. and then we stayed up by the skin of our teeth. Mm. So I think we've got to approach every game is we have to win this one. Um, oh, God, I have no fears going up there. I didn't go to the Wolves game, but I know people that did, and apparently did. We, we were excellent and in the, the, sec- second, in the second half. But, you, you know, if you can just build on that, I don't. I'd imagine he'll make changes tomorrow. Um, just I was down at the training ground interviewing one of the players on last week and he kind of more or less said that he expected there to be changes made and they were putting all their focus pretty much on the home games. Okay. So well, read into that. Robinson and, and Bidwell are out, aren't they? Are they? Yeah, apparently so. That's what I read earlier. Yeah. So what's your thoughts then, Steve? <sighs> oh, it's going to be a tough game, isn't it? If we, if we get a point up there, it's going to be fantastic. Um you know, I still think you know Sheffield United. They were a pretty good team, and they came down to play us. Um, we're going to have to be pretty good to match them. Um, I don't know. Like I said, be delighted with the point. Yeah. I don't think. They, I don't, honestly don't think there's many good teams in this division. No, I think Wolves are pretty good. Actually, Wolves are excellent. And yeah, I but we played, are excellent, we played them but... twice, and we we should have got four points. Yeah. Really. Um, uh, we we, have, a, we have a habit of doing that. Of, of, we of beat Sheffield United already. Teams. Why not beat them again? Yeah. Why not? Well, I'm going to go for two-one QPR. We haven't, we're not doing the predictions yet. We do it after the hour's end. We're doing the chat about the game, and right. then we do that. All right, well, I'm, maybe I'll change my mind then. This is, this is why Fraser should never leave us alone. It doesn't work. So, thoughts on Sheffield without a score prediction? Without, without a score prediction, yeah, I, I, yeah, they're no great shakes at the moment. Um, I think we tend to play better against the, against the better teams. Um, I think we, we, you know, we, we look pretty decent and uh, second half yesterday so uh, yeah I think we'll go up there and win but I won't tell you by which score please don't because we've got to do that in the first one at the end after ours end otherwise David will get very annoyed with his pencil and snap it in ours end um, ours end I, I heard something very interesting from um, a journal friend of mine who works in the press box that there's um, the abuse that Ferdinand keeps getting from certain people and stands there and takes it and talks to them back and just says he was accused recently of trying to wreck the club. No. And the response was, well, if you think that, I do apologise, but I'm sure I'm not. No one said Nothing's going to change. Yeah. We're going to go, yeah, we see what we're doing. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep doing that. And I just thought it was quite refreshing to hear there is a lot of yes men that have been in around the QPR that listen too much to what fans say and Twitter and that. And I just wanted to have a word for Les because it's a pretty thankless task what he's doing. No, you know? totally. And for someone who is a true club great I think you know some of the abuse that he's that is rounded, rounded about him on Twitter and various other places is, no. is unnecessary and just kind of you know unjust no you're right you're right yeah no can't argue with that mate That's... two quick ones for me um, first of all um, we gave a trial to a, a player from the small club down the road today uh, Isaac Christie Davis all right, so, uh, I just yeah, I, I mean, I, if anyone, Shit club, I'd, love to, I'd love to love to hear her go on because uh, we'll take any crumbs off the off that table, really, won't we? <laughs> mm. um, anyway, just anyway, I just thought I'd mention it because it was raised my interest. Um, the other one was uh, last Wednesday uh, at the club. There was the uh, supporters' consultative committee. With it's a, it's a group of fans with with uh, meets with Lee Hoos and. You know, I know what some people are going to be thinking. Oh, it's the same old faces who go. I don't along. go to well, their meetings, by the way. Before anyone accuses me, carry on. Well, I, you know, I, I, I go to some of them, and um, uh, it was actually a really good meeting. And hopefully, um, the, the the minutes will will come out soon. 
Um, there's actually some really good stuff coming out of the club in the next few months, some marketing stuff, and it, it's not really for me to, 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 to give that away. I think, I, think what, I think one thing I would raise is just the thing about the low loft is that uh, attendances in the low loft have been really poor recently i mean it was it was half empty for the for the for the barnsley game and uh, i think lee who's is willing to listen to fans uh views on it he's looking purely at facts and it has been the case in the past that it it hasn't always been full um but of course that was you know those were back in the days when before they they put the uh, the requirement to have uh, a child ticket with an adult ticket. I think it's one of those things, if pe- enough people believe strongly enough in it, that they will look at it again. Um, and maybe just just to begin with, keep it as the, the family stand, but remove the requirement to have a you know, one adult, one, one child. Um, and I think that would improve the atmosphere in there a lot because it just seems to me at the moment there's a lot, there's a lot of people just not turning up and not sending those seats. I always think it's quite funny that they've got the family stand where the only bars in the ground that are decent. That's an interesting one. You got any thoughts on the season tickets? Oh, um, I I said this to I did say this to Lee, who's on the night um, that I felt this was. Um, I felt the club could have done a little more on the majority of season tickets, which have been frozen. Um, we were paying that price when we came down from the the Premier League, and the the club is is changing as a proposition, as a, as a fan proposition. Uh, I'm not expecting them to to make huge discounts, but I think even even something could have been uh, uh, an, a, an improvement and some kind of acknowledgement from the club that um, you know that 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 we are quite expensive. There's also the, the blue season tickets as well, the 350 tickets over in X Block, which are which are a fantastic price of 225 quid. Not sure who wants to sit there, but you know. Um, Judging by the amount of seats empty, then though, you could always move. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. One thing that is worth remembering, and the club, I don't think, have publicised this enough. If you if you do one of these people who like to renew early, um, they will. You actually get quite a lot of money back on QPR cash. Mm if you renew early and they haven't really talked about it enough okay so like if you renew in february you get five percent back in cash you know on on the card um and if you know you you still get a bit back if you renew in april but you get more for renewing early so i think they could have done a bit more to kind of talk about that as one of the discounts i still think a shirt for the kids and five percent percent reduction for all season tickets across the board get rid of the Category A and B games, it's stupid to have category A and B games when you've already got gold, silver, bronze, prim, uh, uh, platinum type scenarios going on. And also, the under it is fine, that's good. But we're doing something wrong on walk-ups because it's too empty. We've really got to think on walk-ups and they've got to really address that because we want to have a future with QPR. But I'm looking around at the same people at the same age as me. I want younger people to take my place. You know, I want people to come in and we can, when we leave this earth, we've got people to replace us. There's too many people of my generation and I'm an old fart. Um, we need younger people. We need to start appearing to young people. We need to promote ourselves more and get them seats filled up. But that goes back to the football and mm. the community, which the community side is brilliant. But we need to share a bit more about what we do. Chris? Yeah, uh, well, moving nicely on for community. Uh, the Tiger Cubs 
Tiger Feet Walk to raise money for the uh, QPR team for kids with Down syndrome. It's the ninth one. I uh, can't believe it's, it's nine years already, but it's, it's taking place on Saturday, March the 17th to Fulham. Um, obviously, it's not very far there, so we're sort of going the long way around. Um, initially, it was going to be 16 miles, but the, the, the kickoff was very kindly put back uh, three hours or so uh, last week. So we're having to amend that to 10 miles. Um, but yeah, we're looking to raise 15 grand. We've already raised well over 100,000, which has all gone to the Tiger Cubs, which is a great cause. Uh, and if you want to find out more, you want to donate money, go to just Google Virgin Tiger Feet 9 uh, and you'll find the fundraising page. I can't get my head around the fact I'm going to have to go to Fulham Silver. This has never been done before and I'm terrified. But you always manage to find yourself a couple of tinnies on the way. It's impossible to get a drink there at half time. So. Listen, I, 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 I fear, fellow walkers, that we're going to have to bring refreshments. We'll bring some finny tinnies. I like the sound of that. Right, my R's end. Um, it's purely simple and very brief. Um... I give this club a lot of stick. I I do things about the I just have the walk ups and I, I hammer them a wee bit. Um, what you've talked about, Les, has shocked me. I'm quite sad about that, and that's really depressed me. And I, I really hope that doesn't continue because I don't see the, how why anyone deserves that. But I saw the news the other week. Anyone see this about the QPR helping the Grenfell kids? Yeah, yeah. That's why I support this football club. Absolutely outstanding work. There's no glory in Grenfell. There's no look at what we're doing and trying to big yourself up. This was a horrible, horrible, horrible disaster. And QPR have done the right thing and how they've conducted themselves in part of the community. As someone who's got links to that side of my sister still lives there, it's hot woman. The club are doing really well and that's the club I love. Right, Chris. I may have to ask you for predictions. I think I might know your Sheffield United. Does it, did anyone think they know what Chris might say for Sheffield United? Eh. I'll bet 50 quid I know. <laughs> Go on, Chris. 3 and 1 QPR. Oh, you, <laughs> oh, you <laughs> wee cheeky monkey. Yeah. Hey, what about Saturday? Forest. Uh, Forest um, 1 0 uh, QPR. I think we should come out to Forest by the Cure for that game, by the way. Yes, great song. Yeah. Steve Sears. Uh, yeah, I, I'll go 1-1 tomorrow night, Sheffield United, and 1-0 Forest. Uh, two us at for, uh, Thank Forest God game. for that. I was good. It's not the City Grind, so we should... No, we'll be all right. Um, I think we'll win 2-0 tomorrow, and I think we'll draw at home to Forest. Seriously? Yeah. Uh, Very QPR thing I, to do. I yeah. will, <laughs> that's true. Sorry. We're, we're going to wrap up soon, but I want... What's the, what's the thing behind that? Because Forest are pretty ropey. Yeah, but they haven't won for ages. I hit you. They're on a run of. They're on a run of. No, don't say. But they're also playing tomorrow no. night, so I don't know who they're playing. But I just. I don't think they're a bad side either. But You've I'm, just done the classic QPR. Oh, Fred Smith hasn't scored for eighteen months. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't. Score was oh. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think Forest are a bad side. I think. All right. I've got to miss that game, and every time I miss a home game, there's a worldie. So enjoy it, lads. Okay. <laughs> My predictions, for anyone's interested who's still listening, thank you, dear listeners. We do appreciate everyone who still listens after the boring bits. I think we're going to beat Sheffield at 1-0, and I fancy a 4-0 home win Saturday. Because I think the shackles are off. We could express ourselves with youth, enthusiasm, and I'm not even on drugs. But I think that we're going to have a good end of the season. Watch this go flying off a cliff. Right, Ian McCulloch. As always, I cannot thank you enough for turning up at such short notice. As always, you're a genuine star. Thank you for coming in. Thank you, Paul. 
even equally less noticed, Steve Sears, thank you very, very no much worries, for coming sir. in. Cheers. And you're a great replacement for David Fraser, may I just say? Yeah. <laughs> ah, it's great to see you, big man. But we've got, we've got to get a song out of you one of these days. Yeah, I, one day, mate. Yeah. Oh, come on. What, what, all right, have, have you written a song yet? Wrote, written a few, yeah. So any, any tales you want to throw away? Yeah, one's called George. <laughs> they are. Remind me not to ever interview Chris Charles about his music career. Um, I'm Paul Finney. This has been Open All Ours. You have been brilliant supporting us. Please keep an ear out for our live event coming up soon. We're going to have some pretty damn good guests in that one. And you'll be safe next week because David Fraser is back in the chair. Please beat Sheffield at it. Please beat Forrest. Come on, you super hoops. Show yours. UPR. UPR. This one right there.